Hey, welcome to Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Hey, good afternoon. Another uh, episode here of Faith Marketplace. And boy, I've got a great one for you today. Uh, all the way from Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. <clears throat> I had to arm wrestle him to get him here today. No, I'm just kidding. I'd like to introduce you to Saul Sutton. He is the founder and the president of Let's Scale. And we're going to hear all about that in a minute. But welcome, Saul. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, we had a chance to chat and, and got mutually connected and all that stuff here a while back. So uh, what I'd like to share with the audience is you said you, you shared with me a couple verses that were really important to you. Would you share those with the audience, and why are they important to you? Yeah, um, one that's really important to me, one is um, really our mission statement, kind of like a, a life core, life verse. Um, the people that you value and trust always come first. Uh, honesty is key, even when it may not be the easiest thing to do. And trust God's power. Be courageous. Be bold. Um, and I think it's just really um you know, being a Christian business owner and just really having that relationship, it's really important, I think, to really just, you know, show and be clear about how God's showing up in your life. Honestly, lead with love and be courageous because oftentimes, you know, we're running into challenges and, and obstacles that may be building our character but not, like, making us comfortable. But it's trusting that God's going to kind of pull all that together. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're here to serve others. So that's something that's really built into my business and just the way I live in general, um, just trying to create those God moments. Yeah, that's great. I love it where you put that, and you say that's in your mission statement too. How you pulled that in there? Oh man, that's great. Yes. How long did you have to so ponder on that? Was, you know, because <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, so what I did was I actually um, surveyed a bunch of people I knew. I said like, send me all the words that you think describe me as a person, and I kind of put all those things together. Mm -hmm. um, and then what kind of came from that uh, is that kind of mission statement, that quote, um, which was service, friendship, and and, uh, and God, you know, right. it, it kind of came together that way. Yeah. Well, that's important. And I, I applaud you for being bold to put it out there in your mission statement. You know, uh, some people like to hide their light under a basket and, uh, you know, not loathe and proclaim that. So uh, as we said, as we saw at the Super Bowl, right, big time, he gets us. <laughs> I love that, man. That's that's putting it out there, you know. Um, what are the, you know, since we got the listeners queued in here early in the guns, well, what's this going to be all be about? So why don't we share with them the, you know, the kind of takeaways or the keys that you'd like for them to take away during our interview today? Um, one big takeaway is really just, uh, you know, trusting God um, with your business. Um, you know, it's really, in my opinion, his business and, and not yours. And I think I've seen that I can do more with, you know, 90 percent and sharing that 10 percent with God uh, in my business than I killed 100 percent under my own willpower, which oftentimes falls short. Right. And I think another thing is uh, when you're looking at your community, uh, picking individuals and people you're partnering with that are proven, not just popular. Um, you know, always ask people what famous Instagram with a million followers changed your life. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, most people can't name one. Right. Um, because it's really, the, it's really your neighbors and those small individuals, people you interact with that have the most impact. Um, even they don't make the most noise. I love um, that. And also that have been been where you're going. Yeah, I really so love that, one. Saul. Thank you, because that's a gift to me, uh, because I've been struggling with that. You know, who are you going to follow? Who are you going to trust? You know, uh, because I see a lot of stuff out there, and I'm going, 
you know, they've had about two minutes of experience. How can they say that they're all that in a bag of chips, you know? So, and what else do you have there that you want to share? And then um, partner with guides uh, that can help you scale your business and who, um, who share your values. Um, I think, you know, you want your business to thrive, not just survive, but also if you build something on the wrong foundation with the wrong partners, um, that success will always lead to sorrow. Um, and I know that when you build something, you know, and trust God's timing, one, you'll have peace throughout the journey. Um, the struggles and challenges will make sense and it will, it will live on, right? It'll be building a legacy, something that'll go on beyond you and impact people in the ways that you really want your business to, you know, and I'll talk about this, like I went from a place of just success and focus on significance. I think having those right partners that share your values, um, um, share, you know, will help you set, have, have a strong foundation and help those things happen. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're going to bring that up because you, you touched on a really, really important point. And I talk about it all the time, you know, I spent uh, a decade in C12 and it profoundly changed my business. And frankly, it led me into the, having the confidence for this program because God had to cover. I didn't know what his plan was for me. And because of that and the education I got through that, that I don't own the business. I'm just the steward of it. And the fact that, um, you know, I'm here to build a kingdom business, and I kind of call it business tree, <laughs> business and ministry, uh, that, um, you know, that, that you know, and those guides that you're talking about. I love that term, by the way, not mentors or coaches, you know, guides. Um, and I'm sure you're going to share with our audience <clears throat> some of those people that influenced you, you know, and, and what's that, what did that look like? Because I think we've all, I've valued that all the way through my career. I've always had coaches and mentors that led me, you know, and kind of set the rails for me. Um, and I didn't always listen <laughs> to them, and that got me in trouble, you know, when I didn't. But uh, I love this. So, Saul, did you come out a bouncing baby Christian boy? Let's talk about what your testimony is. <laughs> I say, um, I say, I say yes in the sense that I, you know, we're, me and my brother were. Um, you know, just, my mom was a single mom, okay. um, and she left Chicago. You know, living in a really bad area originally um, when she was going to have us, and moved to Wisconsin, a place called Racine, yeah. a little bit under Milwaukee, yep. um, which is a little bit better environment to grow up in. But she left everything she she knew behind, and she also, you know, discovered in her relationship with God at about twelve years old, and you know, her family wasn't seeking that. You know, she just trusted where God was leading her. He led her to um to Wisconsin, and. She always did a good job of one uh, showing where God showed up in our life. You know, we grew up unwealthy and poor. I didn't even know it till I grew up because I had everything I needed, and I was really grateful for that. And one thing, you know, I would say I think moms are the ultimate entrepreneurs, right? Even if it's not a business, with how they handle things, how they have to develop young men and lead them. And what she did was she was that guy. She connected with a lot of people. And I say a guy to me is, you know, I think entrepreneurship is not about being a leader. It's about being a guy, someone who can fill the gaps. And, and, and to be successful mm -hmm. and um and she filled those gaps with a lot of great people and also the biggest thing she gave us that love for for christ and that relationship and she never forced it on us it was always about the relationship not religion or kind of ritual so yeah. even at 12 i had a choice um you know and then uh, i think that was a huge thing she did and you know being like the older brother to my little my younger brother like i kind of didn't want that rebellious phase i always wanted to challenge myself and be a good example to him even at a young age and kind of stepped up to help my mom out and um, and people honestly serving and giving. I mean, what gave us the opportunity to have some of the things we had. And honestly, when she left, she didn't know where she was going to live and be. So we spent um, 
an early part of my life in like a women's shelter with nuns, really nice nuns. They were actually nice ladies, not like one, like how Hollywood makes them. They're very sweet. Um, and they really helped me have a great foundation, you know, because I obviously could have had some anger and things going on, but they helped me really have a good, uh, joyful childhood and kind of, you know, continue to like, you know, see that how they were showing up the relationship. So that was a huge thing for me. So I went, I mean, honestly, I'm a sinner that found the truth. I'm not far from perfect. Um, but I always knew where to go seek my understanding and, uh, and where I wanted to go for answers. And I kind of, you know, always prayed and, you know, went to that when I wanted to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hats off to those strong moms, huh? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So at, at, let, you, what happened after Racine? Did you leave there or what happened? Did you go into school? Um. Yeah. So, no, I got it really at about 14 years old, and I came home one day. Mom was like, I have a, a job for you. And I was at a Chick-fil-A. You know, they teach you more than just how to make sandwiches. But they gave me my first John Maxwell books, my first touch on leadership. Obviously, someone from the church got me the opportunity, gave her the opportunity to give to me. Um, and I was like, man, I kind of enjoyed this leadership thing, you know. And then from there, um, went to school and actually found a passion for supply chain, operation management, information technology. And then I basically uh, went to that program. Got my first job in a fairly large chemical manufacturing company for research called Sigma Alderidge. And yeah. I really enjoyed that environment. And um, first 130 employees, but it was kind of heavily regulated. So I really couldn't um, act on all my great ideas. But I did get to serve. I did get to really lead the team and help a lot of people, which I enjoyed. But then about a probably about two and a half years into that job, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, um, around this time, someone handed my resume over to Amazon in Seattle and I got my opportunity. Would you be interested? Um, so I did take that opportunity, went through that interview process and then, uh, which required me to leave Wisconsin and go to Boston. So I helped launch Amazon delivery service at its inception in the U S wow. on the first five sites in Boston. And then, um, and then, uh, two sites there. And then I actually had the opportunity to relocate to Arizona. Um, uh, my brother's seen some awesome things that are going to be happening here, hit those goals at Amazon. They have sites out here. Um, and managed to stay in like the top um, two, two, one and two companies. Well, I think actually three to one sometimes uh, in the organization and did some great things there. Launched four sites total. Um, and I'll go into it more later. But then I, um, I had a, a startup I was working on too with my brother um, at the same time, uh, which which grew exponentially. And um, that's where I decided to resign from Amazon and go down that um, a VC route. And then, you know, kind of build that community some more. So kind of got to travel around. But what I'll say the biggest thing was that, you know, God kind of created some great opportunities. I never applied for my job at a college. It kind of found me yeah. uh, through the Career Center. There you go. Amazon, the guy reached out randomly on LinkedIn. My brother invited me to be a part of the startup. And then um, from there, I had the opportunity to, to leave Amazon and resign. Uh, after doing some great things, really enjoyed it. Just real quickly during that journey, did you, did you see or recognize how God was showing up for you at all? Obviously those opportunities had to be God, you know, God led or something. So, but in those environments, did you see examples of the Lord or how you could take him and, and um, you know, be a representative? I say, uh, absolutely, man. Cause I mean, I knew, um, some things I may discuss as we continue, that was definitely not qualified and equipped to do all these things. Um, by myself, right. I knew that God was creating opportunities to give me the vision, and, and um, I just had to be you know, patient, trust the process, and that's kind of been my whole journey. So God was always had a piece of it. You know, I, was I always on track and focused <laughs> like I should be? Right. 
not necessarily, right? Still a young man, still learning, but, you know, I knew where my success came from and even put the math to it okay. mathematically those things happen in the way they did don't make sense i love it so yeah definitely see where god was showing up well you can see how you're going to be want to be riveted and stay tuned here folks because we got a lot more to come here with saul so stay tuned we're going to be right back with saul sutton i'm proud to welcome inbound studio as a sponsor of faith marketplace they have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the faith marketplace website marshall mullet the owner has a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. Get out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com, to see what I'm talking about. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I encourage you to check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that is inboundstudio.studio. Hey folks, we're back here with my special guest, Saul Sutton. He's the founder and president of Let's Scale. Uh, and he's out there in Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, we left off with uh, Saul just basically telling us kind of his his ride to getting out with Amazon, you know, and big stuff that he was doing there. He was out in Arizona helping that, plus forming a, a kind of a side business with your brother. So why don't we start there? What was the side business? What was that all about? So, you know, honestly, the entrepreneurial uh, knack came in a much earlier in life in high school. Honestly, we're always kind of uh, hosting events. And something people don't know is me and my brother had a love for music. We used to be like competitive breakdancers oh, for wow. a long time. <laughs> Uh, at an earlier stage in life, there's stuff on YouTube that uh, people may find. <laughs> but um, we would host like little events and parties and like things like that, and um, you know, make money off of those. Um, and some of them failed epically. You know, we saved our money from our jobs and they didn't go as smoothly like. But we learned from those experiences. But we learned we loved creating experiences and bringing people together. Um, and that's kind of where you know Ease, uh, which is the company my brother found it to get like what he found it originally and i came on board to support that growth which um he was a little bit in his tw early 20s was running like a bar and restaurant a very successful one and it's still in milwaukee now um and he was connecting like um gig economy workers and creative content creators with his bar and restaurant for gigs and he noticed that they had a hard time finding more work and people couldn't find them so he created a little platform he built and he was generating decent revenue by connecting those people. Wow. And I was helping him with that while I was launching Amazon Delivery Service. And in 2018, you know, we had an idea where we wanted to grow up, it to grow up and be. Um, so Generator, a Gold Star Accelerator out of Wisconsin, uh, came to us and said, hey, you guys want to, you guys want to join the program? We're like, oh, well, let's check it out. So we decided to go on that route. Uh, it was a big decision for me because at that point, Amazon I was making like six figures. I had about 150 shares about the vest in a year and a half. And if I left, I would have lost all that, right? right? But as I mentioned before, like, you know, God created those opportunities for me for those jobs. And and, and then now I was in a place where I felt comfortable, but what I feel called to, which was to go down that, um, that honestly, that, that, that route. So I put in a four-day notice, which sounds crazy. Wow. But honestly, my site was in a really good spot. Um, my last site I opened, I think we still hold a record for the fastest ramp to max capacity in Amazon history. We had our one-year plan in the first two weeks of launch. Wow with the team we had together. Uh, so we kind of could write our own ticket as to where we were going to go. And Amazon was actually super supportive. They were like, no, we really respect you for walking away from what you built here and did here. 
And I was like, you know, I have a phone call, do something else. But lo and behold, God knew something I didn't know. We raised our first half million dollars in VC funding in the first 12 weeks for our accelerator. And that kind of gave us the foundation to kind of grow into what we did now. And then you fast forward to COVID. You know, we're doing medical and tech staffing at this point, building our AI for independent contractors and um, and working with enterprise clients. Dell, American Express are our clients. And then Northwestern Mutual had led our most recent round. And um, it allowed me to focus on my company behind us, Let's Scale, which is a Christian growth strategy consulting firm where 10% of our profits and revenues go to church and charity, where it's a, really a vehicle to serve. And really, I have the ability to do whatever I want with that business that's, you know, with clients I select, the culture and everything else. And, and I don't have, and I know my responsibility with my other businesses is to continue to grow and sell that, right? right? It's more of a legacy company, but I can really be open with my faith. And, and honestly, it's only open doors. So it's been an amazing thing so far. That's great, man. So uh, I, I, I want to make sure that the, 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 the business that you left Amazon for that you created, what was that business about again? What were you doing? Yes, yeah, so that company is called Ease. So um, the, the core of the business is we provide tech and medical staffing. Oh, okay. But whatever investors have invested in is we're building a, um artificial intelligence that assesses independent contractors in real time. So that, for example, if you had a remote workforce, you can assess their skills, how they're performing, and give them more equal opportunities to someone in the office, and also really manage that remote workforce on that performance side. Um, and give them what they need. So they have the same advantages working remote, which is the future where work is going in. Right. Um, we have, we work with some pretty cool behavioral scientists in, in addition to developers. And that's something that we're still you know, building on and working on. Um, but because we work in enterprise, things move a lot slower, but more stable and more structured. It's just a different kind of thing we have to focus on. Right. Um, but that's what that company is. And that's um, me and my brother. Yeah. Majority founders, owners of that business. So let's scale is really the platform that you felt the calling where you could really be who you are, that God said, look, you know, I want you to go out there and be my ambassador. <laughs> so let's get, let's dive into that. So um, what, what's let's scale, uh, who's ideal clients for them and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So let's scale, like I said, it's a Christian growth strategy consulting firm. So what we do is we develop customized growth strategies based on our clients' objectives and we provide them with the C-level talent such as uh, CFOs and COOs at a fraction of capacity to execute on those initiatives and, and actually, you know, grow the business like top line revenue, actually scaling from the million to 10 million to 30 million um, that they, that they need to accomplish for their series A's or just to increase their business growth or expansion um, or stay or maintain what they're already doing. Our traditional, our ideal clients, like I said, are, are founders that are growth focused, they had, they're doing good. They want to go from good to great and get access to talent that they wouldn't traditionally be able to find elsewhere um, that could help them, you know, with the, accomplish the things, their dreams or overcome those challenges and keeping them awake at night. Um, kind of a, more of a SEAL Team 6 approach to consulting. It's a model that I wish that I had yeah. um, being a founder with someone that can get in there with, for the biggest challenges when I need them. And, um, and, and people were bringing on a pretty world-class, you know, some of them were running you know, hundred million dollar billion dollar organizations, but they have the, the ability to bring those resources and talent to my clients at an earlier stage, where it can add tremendous value and give them a competitive advantage. Um, when they wouldn't, you know, when they couldn't really can't afford to hire people full time, probably for a very long time. Right. So and it's been like it's been wonderful, man. God's been blessing the business and really just, you know, with our methodology, it's it's really a framework um, 
to execute agile strategies. So are, are, are these primarily startups or are they along the path ways uh, that you're helping out? Because that's really in my mind when I'm hearing this is, wow, what help that would be for a startup or somebody that's in early growth stage. <clears throat> so I'd say for us, it's, um, it's a business that probably has between 10 to 70 employees. Okay. Looking at fractional work. Okay. Um, and if it's a startup, they're probably working towards series a or, or there where they have, um, they need processes, they need things in place. They have way more structure needed and ambitious goals to maintain that growth outside of what they've already been doing. Really early business would not be an ideal client for us. It wouldn't be worth the investment um, for them. And also they need something we can actually build off of a foundation already in place. Okay. Um, they're going to basically be doing good already. However, that's one thing that makes our community very valuable. And that's why we can do this. What we do now is that you know, because, you know, you're working with someone who has done it. You know, I work from enterprise, entrepreneur. I've gone through the top accelerators, plug and play, generator, web summit, largest tech conference accelerator in the world over in Portugal. We've bootstrapped. It's too so funny. We know financial modeling and pitching. And also just the community behind me is just uh, really, um, really the most important thing. Okay. Okay. So... Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Like like I said, well, uh, let's let's talk. Let's chew a little bit on what are some of the typical problems that you guys help them solve. Yeah, um, for example, like I said, it's all customized based on their objectives. So we really we spend time with the founders, understand what those objectives are. Um, we can solve almost any problem in a business that's more so strategy focused, right? Um, and then partial implementation. So, we'll have, for example, we're working with a, a large, a medium-sized e-commerce client doing about, I say, four to six million a year, mm-hmm. trying to go to that ten to forty million. Right. We put in a um, fractional COO that's assessing one, helping them figure out their debt, renegotiating contracts, getting them ready to raise funding, but also helping them improve the infrastructure so they can maintain uh, the growth they have now in a way that we like to split off debt and and check out the business health without that. Um, and then that person's coming in with experience, expert in e-commerce and Shopify, um, and the negotiating power through his relationships that they can leverage. Right. Um, and then, you know, to help them scale. And then, uh, he's running like, I think around the $400 million business, one that he's, he's run, also done stuff in the VC space, um, a fractional capacity for them. And then also we just recently placed a fractional CFO to work on my clients on their private equity, uh, multimillionaire owns several businesses. Um, he's looking for opportunities to one diversify his profile, see the health of his business, what he should buy, sell, sell off some big assets, more of a private equity. Very exciting project because he's doing so much, um, but he really wants to narrow that in and know what to say yes and no to because you know in this guy's case it costs him a marriage, and he wants to make sure he, and also his kids aren't going to want to inherit his businesses. So we're really helping him plan ahead and really maximize his current assets so his legacy is in a good spot, but. Like I said, and really, like I said, it's all customized. So for us, we're looking to have a conversation with business owners because at all stages, we have referral partners and a powerful network that can always add some value, right? And we also are going to be providing some legal support um, through some of our partners um, because in Arizona, you're allowed to provide um, legal support as a company, even as a non-legal founder. And um, we have partnerships and ways that we can do agreements with legal support because a lot of founders are needing that kind of support and we want to be able to provide that. Right. So that's something that's coming up. What it really sounds like is 
you've got all these interim abilities with them because that's growing at, across the whole country. I mean, you got interim CFOs, CMOs, CSOs, you know, and on and on the list goes. And I think that it's becoming more and more in tune with these young, uh, these smaller companies and even, uh, you know, growing companies that they need to focus on what they do well <laughs> and not all the other stuff, you know, around that until they get to a certain size where they can staff those people, you know, and they can have them full time. So that is very unique. And obviously, now you've been doing this how long? How long, long has Let's, Let's Scale been around? I've been, I've been consulting and uh, doing this stuff for almost a decade, but I, I, I took about two years of brand development in this. And also like during COVID, like I said, other business, our staffing business is growing exponentially, like over 200% yeah. during that time. Um, but like I said, but um, everything from the past to now made this business make sense at this time. Right. It's really the community and resources I have available that's what other people do not have. Right. Um, the people I, if I call them, they will answer and I think that's the biggest thing is that community, that network that we have. And I think uh, you're spot on um, where it makes sense to do this fractional work. And that, that's the direction work's going in. But also the people I'm bringing to the organization are even further stage than your first COO, CFO hire, right? They're like right. much further in their career. Right. Which allows them to be that guide and they can even add value to existing COOs who don't have that kind of time or, you know, they're so busy. So, yes, but also, like I said, um, and then all, everyone understands our mission to serve, right? So we, we vet our resources and um, and have that vetted talent and those people that are proven um, before we ever go into business with them. I love it. Well, God, folks, stay tuned. We got a lot more coming here, and I know you got a boatload there from Saul. And we want to give you a – really check it out. Get out there to uh, – is it uh, letsscale.co? Letsscale.co. And uh, how how else, if somebody's interested in hear this, how else can they get a hold of you besides that? LinkedIn is probably the best way okay. um, to connect with me um, and email is on there as well. Okay, that'd be great. Well, thanks, Saul. We're going to be right back with Saul Sutton. Are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that helps you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming now in the Chicagoland area and around the U.S., so please visit g7networking.com for details and search for a chapter near you. G7 is looking for well-connected leaders to of integrity and purpose, looking for what's next. If this sounds like you, please reach out to us via website, again, g7networking.com. Or if you're interested here in Chicago, just text me at 847-922-1498. Again, Bob Lambert, text me at 847-922-1498. All right, welcome back. We're back here with Saul Sutton, the founder and president of Let's Scale. And again, that's letsscale.co. That's how you find him and also on LinkedIn. But uh, now, you know, one of my favorite parts of the show is, uh, and why the show even exists, is to really talk about how do you practically integrate your faith in work? 
because, as you know, um, Saul had a background with Amazon, big companies. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, a lot of those companies, you know, they got some rules and regulations on what you can do. Uh, but you knew that God had called you into that. And also, let scale was an outcome for you to be able to have that expression. So why don't you share with our folks is how do you incorporate your faith in what you do? I think uh, once your relationship with God and understand that work and worship are one thing, there really is no way to separate it. Right. Um, everyone you're working with has some kind of faith or belief system that everything they do is built on, whether that's you know for their family, money, for the kingdom, and that can kind of move around based on what you're going through. But I think worship, work and worship and being an evangelist in the workplace has always been important to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not about preaching or sharing the gospel. It's about how you're living. Yep how you're showing up on a day-to-day basis. And I believe if you're doing that with love first and, and serving that it's just going to, it's just going to shift the atmosphere. People are going to, then people are going to be curious, like, why are you how you are? Yep. And that creates opportunity to share um, more about God and like how he guides you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I think it was St. Francis, Cece, you know, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. You know, particularly with young people, right? Um, they're not going to church. They're skeptical. But when you proclaim that you're a Christ follower and you walk that, now no man's, you know, perfect. I understand that. And certainly I'm not. But I wear it like a badge of honor. I'm not, you know, I am not afraid to be bold about my faith. Now, I'm not pounding somebody in the face, whether biting the Bible or Bible verses, but it's how I walk. And that's what the show's about to inspire, equip, and encourage leaders. To pl- where they're planted, lead where they're at by their walk. Because that's what young people are watching, okay? That's going to be able to be like a magnet for you with them. Would you agree? A hundred percent, man. And I think, um, you know, one thing that's important to know is like, like people are sometimes a challenge. So like saying like someone gets married, saying I'm never going to get married again. It wasn't marriage that hurt you or your boss didn't treat you right. I'm never working again. It's highly unlikely. It wasn't work that hurt you. Or I'm never going to church again. It's not God that hurt you. It's people. People, yeah. right? <laughs> and I think that once people recognize that, you know, it's just come and see and try different places. And I usually tell my guy friends this because, you know, women are like brighter than dudes. I'm keep it real. Um, like, it's like, okay, it's like saying I won't go to the gym because out-of-shape people are there. It doesn't make any sense. At least they're showing up. shouldn't be worried about them. You should be working on yourself. If you keep showing up, you're going to get results too. Or try a different gym, right? Because there's benefits to being in shape and being healthy. It's an anchor habit. Same as a church. Find your church and your community and keep going until you find one that works for you. But also know the right church should be attracting all the wrong people and broken people. Yep. So even more reason to have that relationship so you don't get pulled in the wrong direction, right? Right. So I think it's really about relationship, how you're showing up. And I, I agree with that badge of honor because for me, like – saying I have a Christian consultant company, one, it sets a high standard. Two, even people who don't believe and know God want their renters to be Christian, their business partners to be Christian, their doctor to be Christian, because they know the values and what to expect, and that person should be serving and having their best interests in mind. It's only open doors. Yep. Um, so I think it's, and, and other people are sharing other things that may be coming from other places, but no one is not sharing what they believe in, in their business. Yep. Um, by any means, you just got to kind of pay attention. So uh, how does this manifest itself and how do you inspire others daily in your work? 
Obviously, you have some staff. you got your relationships with your consultants and all that stuff. But we live in a big secular world. And oftentimes that's looked at, no, you can't be talking about that. So share with us, uh, how do you handle it? How do you do that? Yeah, I think um, one is is listening. Okay. And seeing what people are truly seeking, right? Um, Because ultimately, the only way to true peace is through Jesus, right? And good without God is not enough. And it always comes at a price and always ends with sorrow. One time, I know it's a story that I read about the guy who created the Satanic Bible, right? And and on his deathbed, he said, oh, God, what have I done? Oh, God, what have I done? And the God, devil wasn't going to let him die with peace, right? Yep. And he can't take that all back. But I think it's important to see what people are seeking because that guy was misguided through something. It's maybe an extreme, but people are like, even in the church are looking for something, seeking something, or they have gifts and they feel like they're lost or confused. But I think it's important just to be like, Hey, come and see, you know, cause we plant the seeds, we water them, but God's the grower. He saves. Yep. And I think creating and having them come and see and invite them to the right community so he can do the real work is the most important thing. So I think with young people, you know, if you're doing the right thing, they'll trust you. And then, Everything else is going to fall short. It's a matter of time. So right. just make sure you're available and approachable. Yeah, and I love that too because I often tell people I'm not down here for a body count. You know what I want when I'm up in front of him? Well done, good look, faithful servant. Look what you brought me, and I'm not going to have a clue to it. You know, <laughs> because you're right. Uh, you know, it could be two, three people away from you as you as they've seen you, or they and then they get curious, and then it might be next person, the next person. I don't care how they drive; it's how they arrive. You know. And uh, yep. that 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 really shows it a lot, and I love what you what you talked about. That um, how'd you like to provide hope for others facing challenges in their business? I mean, challenges business always come with challenges, right? Right. And I say, like, especially when you're a believer in God, God's more concerned with your character than your comfort. Right. And only in order to be a steward of something great, you have to persevere, go through challenges, and long suffering. And that's the unique thing about. Christianity and, and, and God's message is that we welcome suffering and challenges and we trust that God is the only person who can piece it together and do something good with it. Right. You know, life is not fair, but I know the only thing that can make something that's painful and hard to go through right is, is Jesus, man. Yep. There's nothing else that can provide you that peace and make sense of even your testimony or your struggles and things you've gone through. And no one can take your testimony away from you. That is the truth. Yeah. Um, so I would provide an encouragement that like, you know, when you lean to God, you don't have to be perfect. And, I'm saved by grace alone. Like if someone comes to God, I don't get brownie points for that. Right. And I'm glad that I'm saved by grace alone. I don't have to measure my holiness. Like, how would you, right. How do you know how close you are? You don't. Right. So I think that's the thing. And I think that, um, you know, if Christians are like, you know, people who say they love Jesus are living right. Cause 60% of people in the church are not doing what they should be doing, which is the thing. Like I said, people making people not want to come to church and trust them. But that's also, we all know, so we just need to like show up, come and see, and then like just trust God. Yep. You know what He can do for you. And um, if I have time, I can share a story about yeah. how God served my business. Um, like so, I do have a Christian consultant company. Mm-hmm. Um, I give ten percent of my profits, revenue, church, and charities that I mentioned. But the first time was like in March twenty eighth of last year, and then I wasn't giving anymore because I was looking at the numbers and it was like plateauing and going down. I was like, still just you no, know, just starting the business off. I was like, you know, I went to church on uh, like November 20th and I wrote the 22nd that I was going to give the first 10% to God like I was supposed to. And because December and January, I didn't see any sales, like what was going to be happening. But I was like, you know what, whatever I have right now is not enough to solve the problem anyway, but let's do what I'm supposed to do. 
So all of a sudden, you know, early November, a client with my client's nonprofit was like, oh, I got another client for you. I thought they were out of money. You know, it was a smaller deal. Gave that. And one of my other clients upsold about almost a $40,000 package, a couple of thousand there. And then another client was like, hey, we're not in the best financial spot. I didn't know how bad it was at the time, but we trust you. We know you can help us get the right people to get through this. And that was almost a six-figure deal and a couple other more small deals. So we ended up having the most revenue in December, the year I thought it was going to be slow, right before Christmas in a few days. I love it. Um, and, and honestly, giving the most. And now we're giving you know quite a bit more now because in the last two months, we've done almost over over half a million dollars in business. Um, and all I did was give. Didn't market more. Yep. Didn't do anything but do what I was supposed to do. Yep. But now I have the discipline and God can know he can trust me with more. And now we're with the right clients at the right time. I mean, I, the, the, how perfect the timing was. And it wasn't when I wanted it to happen. It was right when it needed to happen. Right. So I say trust God with your finances first, you know, and that's where in the one place in the Bible, he calls us and says we can t- test him. Um, and let me say, I'm just thriving there because you put your money where your heart is. Um, you know, so, so it's a good place to start, I would say, um, trusting God and just seeing what he can do. And then going into the business of him, the best partner ever. I love it. You know, he'll always give more than you give him. Yeah, that's that's great wisdom. Uh, then, um, you know, in What's really uh, what can we put in there and say? What's really cool, interesting, and funny about Saul? <laughs> man, I'm a big, I'm a big nerd, man. I like to play <laughs> video games still. Yeah, I'm talking super nerdy. World of Warcraft. Guy's still getting Gladiator at this age. I love it. Um, I'm older, 35. I still like to skate. I just did a backflip off a ramp this year. I probably what? should stop eventually. Whoa, that's out there in the world. Whoa. And I still like to dance. I don't break dance anymore because, like, the joints, and I can't risk like, breaking an ankle. I walk around a lot heavier than I used to. Yeah. Um, but I love just trying new things, man. So, went skydiving, enjoyed that. So, I still like to uh, very much adrenaline junkie. I love meeting people. And um, I actually, uh, one thing I'm proud of, I haven't drank in four years, but I still make sure I spend time and get out there and hang out with people, which took a lot of discipline and consistency and faith because, like I said, I. Uh, I don't think I had a drinking problem, but it wasn't the best version of myself. But my friends are a lot when they're like having a good time. So, so that took some. So, but but uh, but, uh, but the presence, the presence I have, and the ways I'm able to connect with people was awesome through that experience. But uh, yeah, man, I love meeting new people. Like I have to put a, um, a, a, a like a cutoff on my networking because I would I wouldn't work. So well, you know, the cool part about it is because you're a nerd, but yet you like to network and you're out there with your people. And I would imagine now you're the designated driver for your group. <laughs> I say no every time. I say they get they got here themselves. They get home. <laughs> I love it. That is so cool, man. That is really great. Well, we're going to be back here uh, in our next episode, folks. So you really want to stay tuned because we um, Saul and I are going to chew on a mystery subject. So you're not going to know it unless you come back, right? So we're going to chew on a mystery subject. Uh, for our last segment, and uh, we want you to come back. Now, get out there to faithmarketplace.com. We got all the podcasts up there for almost a decade. Uh, We've got all kinds of resources on there. Again, uh, G7 is a big one right now. G7 networking is exploding around the country, and that's really for small mid-market businesses to come together in faith and business and with God in the center to help them help each other get business, and it's just phenomenal. So get out there, and also... Got a few extra pennies here before tax time. Get out there and hit the donate button for us because that's how this ministry exists. We'll be right back. 
Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Saul Sutton, the founder and president of Let's Scale. And that's get out there and check it out at letsscale.co. Again, that's letsscale.co or CO. Saul, uh, we got a great one we're going to chew on here because I'm, I'm jonesing for this because of the simple fact that I'm reading about and everything, but you're the man that's in the throes of this, and that's going to be about AI, artificial intelligence, and how that's going to impact us. So what's your view of this whole thing and where is this going? Yeah, I think not just AI, but the virtual experiences and how much time we spend in digital environments is very important, I think, um, for people who believe in God to integrate their faith into these technologies and the experience overall, and really the community aspect. Like I mentioned in the other segment how I'm kind of a nerd. I love video gaming and things like that. And also my other company spent a lot of time studying behavioral science, behavioral psychology. And one thing people don't know is video gaming is actually only associated with happiness. People play video games when they're happy. There's no, there's no connection to depression when they're doing those things. Whereas social media, actually is linked to many different depression, anxiety, and on average, we all spend about 12% of our time comparing ourselves to others, even more so on social platforms, right? Which has led to a lot of unfortunate suicides and mental health issues for the younger generations. Yes, they're doing actually less drugs and less sexually active, um, so studies have shown. However, the mental health aspect is, is, is causing more casualties and more hardships um, than even the other things did for other generations. So. And right now, um, millennials and people like my generation are going to be a great catalyst for that kind of stuff, having been the only generation that's seen technology evolve how it is and also still touching that you know, blue-collar side and, and also been very connected, interconnected with people. So I think what's important to integrate and build those platforms using AI, because AI is really predictive insight, right? It's, it's not really truly autonomous living thinking being has limitations and that's the people creating it and you also can build ai and put the wrong things and teach to do the bad things by accident right that was a story that happened with google where they tried to um, not discriminate in their hiring they gave it everything and it discriminated against women because they gave it everything it was trained to do that right unintentionally so what i say is um really think about what kind of experience and what kind of things we can do how to integrate ai to help people know more about themselves but still point back to God, right? Um, especially in like, you know, a faith-based marketplace. Right. Um, you know, and also keep people connected to people. Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. Yeah, and you said something very profound about loneliness and uh, anxiety, uh, frustration, and everything else. And my, my, my observation is about the younger generation, so I'm growing up in that, and also out in the marketplace, frankly, is I've got older, uh, when I say older, 50-plus or even in their 40s, that are complaining about uh, buyers are being younger now and they can't even communicate with them. You know, they, everything's through a text or it's an email. They won't meet face-to-face. They won't get on the phone. They, you know, none of that stuff. So um, how do you feel about that as far as that reality? I just read a big article about a call center that's got, you know, using AI big time to, to talk into the agent's ears as to how to respond something and how, how to suggest things and all that. I, I look at that as good aids, but it's, they've gotten some pushback from that too, you know, where that's pretty threatening from a business environment for some people too. What, what's your take on all that? I think um, that you kind of have to adopt the way the market is going, right? There's a, people, right. There's a time when people thought their, their, their customers are never in a newspaper. Right. Never on Facebook. Right. They're never on the internet. It's never been the truth, right? right. A resistance to change only like 
kills your business. Yep. Um, so I think that invest in the best partnerships that you can afford. And then also see how you can gain the competitive edge against your competitors by doing it first, right? Right. It's going to be an investment or collaborate with your rivals, right? I think this is the future and direction we're going in. Right. And I think, um, like I said, it's not necessarily age thing because there's a lot of very savvy and innovative people at all ages. I think it's right. just majority of the population, even the general population, isn't skilled for even the new manufacturing world. Like, right. because of, you know, trades and things like that, everything's becoming so advanced that we have a, a talent and training problem everywhere. Right. Um, I think just do your best to adopt what you can instead of resisting it, except that it is the future. Soon we'll be having VR and virtual headsets and going into virtual worlds and connecting, but then those, but now it makes those personal connections stand out even more yeah. because that alone won't give us everything we need. So I think, you know, and I think um, as long as we're trying to serve and see how these things all come together, then I think it'll work out, but there is no, like, it is the future, right? We have to be really aware of that. Yep. And now I think as an ex-Christian business owners, we have to think about how we can use those things for good. Yep. Um, and, maybe even helping other people adopt them, you know, and like, it's not standardized. I can't tell you what platform to go to right now because it's still happening. Yeah. Um, but just, I'd say, keep educating yourself. I, I, the other thing too, I think is <clears throat> the positive outcome, it's going to be a level play, playing field. It's going to really level things out a lot better and give much more opportunity. Uh, I had the privilege and honor of being at the live to lead uh, conference last week. And, uh, at the real privilege of introducing John Maxwell's uh, series on his newest book, 16 Laws of Communication. Uh, first time he's ever spoken, I, my prediction will be he's got three $1 million, or $1 million copy sellers right now. I believe that will be the fourth because, to your point, we got five generations. One of those generations is, is leaving quite frequently. But we got four generations in the marketplace for the first time in our country. And when you look at the span of that, okay, uh, communication is going to be more important than it's ever been. Being able to converse, you know, have communication back and forth, whatever the means of that is. But uh, it was really profound that uh, that um, Dr. Allen set out all the different generations and uh, particular things about each generation. You know, so it's uh, it was kind of it was really informative, really cool. And then, of course, John's talk about it. Maxwell's talk was about you know how do you fill that gap now because we're faced with it. You know, in the marketplace, particularly in business, right, or even in families and everything else. So uh, I love what you what you talk about. As the old adage goes, adapt or die, Darwin's theory, you know. <laughs> so, hey, that's where we're at. Um, what tips and ideas, uh, particularly, Saul, because you're dealing with this day in and day out, and you're advising your clients and all that stuff, and I think you, you tipped on it a little bit was get out ahead of it. So how do you advise your clients right now when, they, when you see things in the market that you've got to bring it to them, and, and, um, and how, are they, how are you addressing that? Yeah, I think um, for founders and leaders, you know, you got to stage relevant resources, right? And the things that help clients. So the businesses, the biggest things business to focus on, one thing you can't control is timing. It's the wrong time. It's unfortunate. The next thing is team. And then it's maybe, and then it's like access to capital and then, you know, then your like product, right? Right. But I think the team is the biggest thing. Get the yep. best resources, best connecting, best proven people you can afford, right? And also, um, and then make that investment in your talent. And the next thing is too, is like, you know, if you're looking for connections or investments and partners, one thing I'm big is don't give away equity for information. Yeah. <laughs> um, make it. sure that you're partnering with the right people with a clear purpose, right? Yeah. Um, so you can like scale your business and accomplish those goals. And I say like, and then those 
you know, stay in the right communities, you're going to see this technology and like, you don't have to have the shiniest thing. You got to understand your business, what your goals are. Trying to be a unicorn company, you got to keep, okay, maybe you do need the shiniest things. We're just trying to have a legacy company and to stay in business, stay innovative. Just figure out what you need. Like, you know, I think for me, have three-year plans, only real planning, if you're beyond that's a dream. Yes. That helps you know where you're going to be going and just keep partnering. And nothing's guaranteed. Every business has a death date. Yep. Like, no business will live forever. But it doesn't mean you can't go off to do other great things, right? That could be, that could be, a, and that could be through acquisition. Yeah. It could be through a sale. But nothing, even Amazon, Jeff Bezos in 60 Minutes said that. Like, Amazon won't last forever. Right. He's aware of that. He said he's happy he got as many years as he did. Yeah. Um, but it's just reality. It's like, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it harkens to what Walmart did to the grocery industry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of a sudden overnight, it was like, and he, you know, they used the data, they used uh, the internet, they used uh, l- uh, satellite links and all that stuff, just in time delivery. And look what that did, you know, well, it, you know, all boats rise in the tide, right? And I, my belief is that's exactly what this is going to do, too. It's going to raise the level, raise the boats. And I firmly believe it's also going to provide more equity across the board. Um, because those folks are that are adopted and uh, get into it uh, are going to be great. I can't believe our time's up already, so <laughs> this has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. I want to remind our listeners, get out there to letsscale.co. Again, that's letsscale.co. Uh, he's the founder. Go out and check him out on uh, LinkedIn. He's out there on LinkedIn a big way. Uh, and uh, just get out there and check out Faith Marketplace, please. Check out all the podcasts. We've got fabulous guests on. Uh, and, uh, you know, tell them their stories and some and great wisdom and great tips on how to integrate your faith and work. We'll be back here again next week with another guest, okay? Have a blessed week. <laughs>